0: Welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. I'm your host, Al Sadal. And back with me again to explain the mysteries of the universe is John Wilson.
1: It's a good thing this is an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast because this issue has
0: Adam Warlock and Thanos in it. Yes, I know. Isn't that awesome? It's just good when the universe works out that way. It took a little while for that to happen. So we are here for Warlock number 10. Warlock 10.
1: Now we're getting into the hot and heavy of this warlock magus conflict. This is the penultimate issue of that arc. And actually it's kind of a, it's kind of a, um, like a double long finale episode. That's been split over two weeks. Cause how strange my destiny part one chapters one through three is this issue and part two chapters four through whatever are in the next issue. So it's like one big story theoretically.
0: Yes yes this is the final this is the Aunt warlock annual if there had been an annual but there wasn't yeah
1: it would have, it would have fit an annual but there was no annual do you think he, he planned to do it? that i mean because nowadays that would totally happen they would take his story and have the annual be the big double sized final chapter that that's not uncommon
0: i don't know i mean i at this point he probably just found out he was not doing strange tales I mean, at the point, not when it came out, but obviously the point of him creating, probably.
1: Right, yeah, because obviously this is coming out after Strange Tales, but yeah, in the planning stages, maybe so maybe I, he thought he was going to get a double-sized issue to put this in.
0: Yeah, perhaps. It like didn't really I doesn't really matter that mean,
1: much. It's it's Warlock number no. 10. It's, it's just the next chapter in the story of what's been going on ever since Strange Tales, what was it, 178?
0: 178 yeah oh and by the way I just skimmed ahead real quick in Warlock 11 it's uh yeah there's two chapters in that one four and five
1: okay so chapters one through five and and really this one only has two real chapters there's a tiny chapter that we'll get to in a minute but yeah
0: yeah chapter two which is like cute it's like oh, look at the little chapter
1: Marvel, I miss so, you yeah
0: yeah Alright, so while you're wondering why we're being all maudlin, let me drop that synopsis here so you can understand what's going on, and then we will get to the craziness of How Strange My Destiny, Part 1, Chapter 1. Warlock Number 10, How Strange My Destiny, written, penciled, and colored by Jim Starlin, inked by Steve Lealoha, letters by Tom Orchowski, edited by Lem Wien, cover art, Jim Starlin, Cover dated October 1975, on sale date July 22nd, 1975, with a cover price of $0.25. Part 1, Chapter 1. The Price. Adam Warlock, Gamora, Thanos, and Pip the Troll are at the palace of the Magus' Universal Church of Truth, with 25,000 of the church's Black Knights pouring through the doorway coming to attack. Thanos and Gamora immediately fight back, But Adam is in such a devastated emotional state that he does nothing until motivated by Thanos. And the battle begins. Three of them, with Pip watching their backs, aka hiding, against 25,000. The knights keep on coming until our heroes are standing on a small mountain of dead and dying black knights. However, even three as powerful and skilled as these, and Pip, can only go for so long. So eventually, Thanos calls for them to retreat. They head outside and find themselves facing what appears to be an even larger group. They realize a new tactic is needed, and Adam smashes his way through the ground to the palace's subsections. He, Gamora, and Pip make their way to freedom, but there is a large explosion before Thanos can follow. Before the Black Knights can make their way down, Adam lifts up the wall, yes I said lifts up the wall, we'll get into that, don't worry. Of the sub-level they are in, and the three wander around the catacombs underneath the palace. There, Adam does his hourly recap of recent events, just in case he has forgotten what is going on, until they run into the almost-dead matriarch. She has been left there by the Magus to die. Her and Adam have a bit of a moment together before she passes on. Even though she was his enemy, Adam still regrets her passing, and starts to ask about his lot in life, believing that he is destined to always seek, but never find answers. He wants to know why. Why is life so cruel and filled with mystery and pain? He actually gets an answer. From Thanos. Who wasn't killed by the Black Knights, just in case you thought that was happening. He tells Adam that that is the way of life. And since Adam has chosen the path of the living, he must learn to be one with this life, or it will destroy him. He must learn to pay life's price, and that price is pain. Chapter 2. Who is Thanos? Our story is paused for a two-page interlude where Captain Marvel shows up to tell us who Thanos is, in case any of the readers of Warlock back in 1975 hadn't read his previous appearances in Captain Marvel's own series. Considering the fact that this is episode 82 of this show, and we covered all the Captain Marvel issues a while ago, I'm going to assume you know who he is. If not, you can go back and listen to those episodes. However, if you don't have that much time, just go watch the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie and Avengers Infinity War. Either way, we all good now? Okay, moving on. Chapter Three, Enter the Redemption Principle. Without all those pesky black knights around, Thanos is able to take the time to teleport the four of them to his ship, Sanctuary. Adam and Thanos discuss why Thanos has chosen to help him. Thanos outright tells him that he will have use of the Soul Gem one day, and Adam Warlock will be easier to deal with than the Magus. We also learn of Gamora's origin. She is from the future, a world that will be conquered by the Magus and his church, but will refuse to convert and so are to be wiped out. Thanos rescues her and brings her back to his time, where he raises her to adulthood. And he even has her kill off the Black Knights that will one day participate in the massacre of her people, hoping that this double paradox of her life will make her invisible to the Magus and give her a chance to assassinate him, which she is almost able to do. Now their only option left is suicide. Adam's suicide. Meanwhile, back at the palace, the Magus is upset with his general. Not that the Black Knights were unable to kill Adam and the others. He knew they wouldn't, but he didn't think they would just vanish. He does have some good luck as he now knows who is trying to help Warlock. Thanos. He uses his senses to find them and is surprised at how easy it is. Almost like Thanos had no shields or defenses around his ship. No matter. He knows where they are, and he's going to lead the next attack personally. We finish up the issue of Adam and Thanos. Adam needs to not destroy his physical form, but his own soul. Image Comics, formed in 1992,
1: by several creators unhappy with their current place in the industry. So they band together to make a new comics company for a new generation of readers, creator-owned, mutants, cops, black ops government agents, demon-possessed, and they are going to be the greatest comics ever. In April of 1992, the first issues hit the stands, and fandom resounded with cries of...
0: Pouches? Why are there so with with all the pouches?
1: What? You don't like pouches? all the pouches. An Image Comics podcast is one fan's exploration of those early years of Image Comics. Youngblood, The Savage Dragon, Spawn, and more, with maybe even a few pouches along the way. So come give a listen at johnreadscomics.com. That's John with no h. Just so you can spell it right.
0: And we're back with the destiny.
1: The destiny. It's
0: I mean, not me of destiny. Back
1: to the future. You are my it, density.
0: Lorraine, my density has popped me to you.
1: What? How strange, my density. <laughs> I mean, my
0: destiny. <laughs> Nor do we mean either the destinies from Mar- either the destinies from Marvel, not the one Irene Adler that worked with the uh, Mystique, or the other one with the that fought Namor
1: worked with. Is that what the kids are calling it these days?
0: Well, they did that too. But she did work with She did work with her. She was in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. She was in Seek's Honey. Or vice versa. Or both.
1: Not to be ageist, but I thought it was a little bit odd that, you know, she was romantically so involved with an older woman since she was, you know, younger. And then I realized, oh, they've probably been together since Destiny was young.
0: Exactly. At that, you know, Depending how old Mystique is, actually, she could have been, you know, it could have been inappropriate in the other way originally.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And with Mystique, that's possible. Because she is not exactly moral. Amoral.
1: I do love the cover on this. It's one of those covers that you see more the longer you look at it. Because, ostensibly, yes. it's just Warlock fighting a bunch of guys with a pink background. But you look at it, along, you realize the pink background has Thanos and the Magus facing off with each other. And they're, at, and they're actually in the foreground, not the
0: background. Exactly. And it's a very actiony cover for Warlock.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's a very, almost superhero, close, you know, the most superhero cover of his. A lot but of his Warlock covers are tragic or hell.
1: angsty, or at least, you know, something that showcases yeah. Warlock as like a, you know, hello, I'm Warlock. Um
0: But More here he is
1: fighting 20 of the 25,000 Black Knights of, what's it called?
0: Of the Universal Church of Truth. That thing. Well, like the cover blurb says, Thanos versus the Magus with Warlock caught in the middle.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this really is Thanos versus the Magus in this. I mean... Warlock is supposed to be our hero, but he's kind of Thanos's pawn in this. Now, oh, as yeah. we open, Warlock is still sort of reeling from the end of last issue when he realizes that he has no control over his life. He's gone insane. It's exactly what needed to happen. His soul gem is a spiritual vampire. He's like, oh! And Thanos shows up and he's like, um, we need to fight these guys, and Warlock is on his knees crying.
0: Yeah, and Thanos basically, you know, just Pretty much, is like get up. I can help you, but I need you to move, jerk. Right. And gets him to fight. And of course, Gamora's ready to fight. She's like, Pff. she doesn't need to be prodded. She's already punching guys out.
1: And she's like, I already stand by your side, master. Which you know just feels a little bit weird because I've been watching. Uh, I watched both Guardians of the Galaxies this week. The films. Whenever okay. she is so uh, anti Thanos in those.
0: Yeah, well, this was before that.
1: This is before that.
0: And to be fair, yeah, the first like five I'm minutes sure, of the right?
1: first Guardians of the Galaxy, she's still working for Thanos.
0: Well, so is she or is she pretending to? Because she seemed to be, you know, be already on the other side pretty quickly in the beginning of Guardians movie.
1: Yeah. Well, she goes on Thanos' mission to get the orb. But the enti- we don't find out till later. The entire time she's doing you splendid planning to take the orb and sell it to somebody else. So yeah. we see her in Thanos' employ, but she's already hatching plots to betray him.
0: Yeah, this is like a couple years before that. Oh, real quick though, I do like the fr- I do like the introduction of everybody on the first page. I did too. Specifically it was the very Pip very quick part.
1: and frenetic and feels like it's just a very faction. And Gamora, his beautiful but deadly assistant. And Adam Warlock, our hero. And Pip, a generally useless troll.
0: I could almost hear, as like Black Knights are running around them, I could almost hear, what's his name, William Dozier from the Batman show?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Doing that real quick as guys are running in like, You know, you have all these guys running around them, surrounding them. But they would have the word Black Knight written on their shirt.
1: Occupying stage center, the victims, from right to left. And we have a new
0: editor here now. Marv Wolfman. Oh, yeah. Marv Wolfman is now, which means at this point, he's not just editor of Warlock. He's the editor-in-chief of Marvel, I believe.
1: Yes, briefly.
0: So yeah, this is his tenure and in charge.
1: So yeah, Len Wein, even though speculation is that he was on his way out and didn't really pay attention to that thousand clowns issue, a couple issues back, he still was on the credits for the next issue. Yeah. And this is the first one that shows Wolfman.
0: And I mean, I would have to wonder also, and I guess he must've been for a little bit because if the stories I heard were true about like Starler and Gerber, I think I mentioned this the other episode, they would like put their stuff in at the last minute possible. Mm-hmm. So it was in in time, but you you know it's like, look, do you want to waste extra time looking this over? You just want to send it to the printer, get it out on time. I got it in.
1: And Wolfman was another uh, was another company man, according to Starlin. He was toting the same company line that had been toted before.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, we'll we'll find out. I guess seeing who's editor in the next few issues because didn't he? Because uh, fifteen was his last issue because he left.
1: I thought it was. So we'll see Conway who's to- that scared
0: him away maybe you're right this is the
1: era of like 17 editors-in-chief
0: yeah i know it's archie goodwin who convinced him to come back to do the finale
1: right the two issues because so i think we go through lenween leaves wolfman conway and goodwin i think all are kind of rapid succession relatively speaking
0: Yeah, which makes sense to me that Goodwin's the one that got him back because I don't think anybody has ever said anything negative about Archie Goodwin, ever.
1: I hear he can't cook.
0: Liar! (laughs) But yeah, so, and this one is, by the way, also real quick, this one is cover dated December 1975 and had the cover date of September 23rd, 1975 which means we have now passed into the part where these issue of issues that are actually out when I was born. Yeah, this is my December, That's the month my birthday. In September, so you're alive now. Yes. I was born September 9th, second, September 2nd, 1975.
1: Awesome. Um, I don't think we pass my birthday before this song is over. Cause there are the 78 annuals, right?
0: Seventy. I want to say 77,
1: 77 annuals, so even more. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And I was born in
1: 79. Yeah, we're going to jump to Right around the time that Star Wars came out. That probably made them more popular.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I would wonder if that was almost like the genesis of that. I can see them being like, hey, can you do like a space battle type Star Wars-esque story?
1: Depending on when they came out during the course of the year. Because annuals – well, no, annuals are not – I used to think that annuals are associated with the summertime. They are not –
0: yeah, no. When we get toward closer to that, I'm going to check for dates and all that, and see when they came out, and see if we have any uh, can get any indication. Because I have my I amazing was, world in front of me now. I was walking to the other room to go in the computer to do that myself.
1: Okay, so the Avengers Annual was August 3rd, and Star Wars started being published in March. Um, the movie but, came out but, at the end of May.
0: Yeah, but this would be one time I would give them advance warning because remember, Marvel knew about it because they were already publishing. They weren't like issue like three already out by the time the movie came out. And mm -hmm. couple, I know at least one or two of them had seen the movie. And Archie and Goodwin was involved with the book, I believe, at some point in the earlier part. So if he liked it enough and was like, wow, this will be big, he might have asked for an annual. And since Starlin wasn't the regular guy in the books.
1: Archie Goodwin took over the writing chores. Yeah, he wrote Star Wars immediately after the adaptation. Roy Thomas didn't stick her out after the adaptation.
0: Yeah, that's why. I just wasn't sure how much he was involved before that part.
1: Well, what, I, what I'm thinking is, is what that, we're like, talking about. These annuals are coming out when his issues are starting to come out. So Star Wars was definitely in his mind. So I think you're right. I think he because whatever. Whenever he was writing his Star Wars issues is when Starling would have been writing these annuals. So having that conversation saying, Hey, Star Wars is very possible, very likely. Wow. I mean, we're talking about comics that are still several episodes away. Mm-hmm. But still.
0: But yeah, just because this is what we're thinking of now. But yeah, that's a very likely possibility. I mean it's not like nobody else tried to cut do a copy of Star Wars. You know, we didn't get uh, Battlestar Galactica. I was
1: thinking the exact same thing, Battlestar Galactica.
0: You know, and all of those, Space 1999, a lot of, I don't know if that was, I don't really know anything about Space 1999 other than John Byrne drew the comic.
1: I didn't even know that. It is literally a title that I have heard of and or, never seen word one of.
0: Or at least he drew some of it. So, I don't... But you know what I mean? Like, at this time, Star Wars was huge. I'm sure that's why we got the Buck Rogers TV show within a year or two of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they did the Flash Gordon movie and because they were all trying to copy Star Wars. So I could see Marvel going, hey, let's do a space opera type battle thing in our annuals. And Jim was like, I could do that with Thanos. Yeah, hey, I can finish. Hey, you know what? I can call off this Adam Warlock thing and Thanos thing and. Do that all there together. I hope that was it because I love that idea.
1: <laughs> I want that to have happened.
0: But anyway, so back to Warlock Ten. So we have now what I think is an awesome battle with yeah. It's a really great
1: here. fight to open with since there's so much of the story that is exposition. Having all this action here at the front is great. They're fighting twenty five thousand Black Knights.
0: Yeah, just to give us an idea of their power level of what we're talking about here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they—they say to the point. What's this third panel say? So by the time the battle reached a point where the combatants were warring atop a small mountain of dead and dying Black Knights, he just at least sees the wisdom of his lord's orders and wishes he had fifty thousand warriors instead of a mere twenty-five thousand. <laughs> I mean, it's just in like the one first panel, you can see where they're set up, and that's like perfect. Pips hiding behind everybody. Warlock and Gamora are just beating the hell everyone. that gets close, and Thanos is just eye blasting like fifty guys at a time. It's
1: really good, and you get the impression that even though they don't, even though they eventually retreat, and even though there's still a huge, massive crowd of soldiers outside, they still battle through like hundreds. Maybe it's not even a huge percentage of the 25,000. It's a lot of guys.
0: Yeah. Well, because obviously the problem is they're coming in all through that door. It's kind of like, what's that, uh 300.
1: Mm-hmm. And they can hold them off through that door.
0: Yeah. Until it got to be too many, and then Thanos is like, uh, sewers. Oh, but we have... What story page is this? I know it's... I'm looking at the original issue, so it says page six, but story page, it's one, two, three... Four, Page four, that second panel of Thanos yelling, We must retreat. I love that. Yeah. My two thoughts are Thanos needs to brush. And did Gil Kane draw this one? Because we got a nice up the nose shot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always know everyday Gil Kane issue because you have the really dramatic up the nose shots. When my son was small, and he's in this Her. room. Give me an eyeball as I start to mention him. Um, whenever you would talk and he would see that you had like a saliva line going down the inside of your mouth. he'd be like, no, wait, mm-hmm. stop. And you'd stop. you would like, open your mouth and you open your mouth. And he looks to see that line is still there. And if it is, he would break it. <laughs> he didn't like that saliva line. So he doesn't do that anymore. But he did that a lot when he was younger.
0: Well, that might be considered slightly inappropriate as he gets older.
1: Maybe, you know, especially with strangers. Or maybe it's what he or does in his first inter- state. And it, it gets him his yeah. wife. You know, you never know.
0: Yeah. Although, probably not a good idea to do on a job interview.
1: Not on a job interview. Yeah. Just saying. Just that. He's back, back to, he sure he to the video game. He's no longer listening to me.
0: He's like, whatever. Dad's gone crazy again.
1: Head for the stairs! And so Warlock and all of them head for the stairs. They're trying to get away from the people. They open the door to go outside. And like I mentioned earlier, massive throngs of more Black Knights. Because 25,000 is a lot.
0: Yeah. This is like that scene from, bringing back up Star Wars, when Han is on the Death Star with Chewbacca, chasing the two stormtroopers.
1: And they get to the except, room and there are so many Stormtroopers inside.
0: Except there's even more than they put in the special edition.
1: Yeah, it's like, take the opening um, Stormtroopers scene from Return of the Jedi. Yes. They've been like digitally repeated across the screen. And now take that and digitally repeat it across the screen. <laughs>
0: and that's S- what they're facing. It's so like, oh. So
1: many people. So Warlock decides to bust out some hip hop and he jumps. But he doesn't just jump, like, as he's coming back down, he kicks the ground. And, like, kicks a hole in it. Which I guess you gotta be careful when you're jumping, if you can actually kick through the
0: ground. Yeah. Well, you gotta do what you're doing. And they jump down the hole, except for Thanos.
1: Yes, Thanos stays behind, kind of fighting for their, you know, rear guard. And Gamora says, by the great soul, the master is trapped up there! But there's nothing they can do for them. They just got to keep on going.
0: And then Warlock pulls like an early Fantastic Four thing move and picks up the wall <laughs> and goes behind it and puts it back like there's no problem.
1: Just read that issue. It's like six or seven. He just picks up a wall and puts it back and nothing's wrong. And I was just like, that's not how
0: walls work. He also did that in like one of the Strange Tales stories he appeared in with the torch. Oh,
1: um, yeah. Yeah. And they find this underground cavern, and this is basically where the story stops. We're about five pages in, and we don't get more story. Well, we do get a little bit more. But we, 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 we start interspersing our story a lot with um, exposition, background tales, origin stories. So, yeah. Here's your uh, your usual Bronze Age flashback of, here's what's been going on so far, Adam Warlock's adventures.
0: Yeah. You know what this reminds me of, actually? This all reminds me of the Goonies. Not just the underground part, but you'd have these exciting, you know, all the scenes of like with the booby traps, and then you got several minutes of like the kids walking in there, talking to each other, you know, learning their histories and jumping back to chunks with the Fratelli family, and then you get another exciting thing with like, oh, look at the organ. Right. It's like structurally, I mean, not just the fact, I mean, it's also the fact that they're in the caves, but structurally, it actually reminds me a little bit of Goonies.
1: Yeah. And he does a good job of interspersing the um, exposition with more story. It's just whenever I finished the issue, I felt like I had so much exposition, not very much story, but now flipping back to the page, like, Oh yeah, there's, there's more going on here. Kind of like last issue. where There was actually more going on than I remember there being.
0: And he also does like to get the, uh, Recaps out of the way as quickly as possible, because we have that one page done with just text down the one side and just kind of like a, I don't know, like a mosaic of images on the other side. Yeah, like, here's everything homage. that happened recently. It's a video montage. Yeah, there you go. It's a montage. But like, there you go. Like, here's everything that happened. Like, it's one thing he wants to do with his like explanation, of what's going on, but he doesn't want to waste time with the recap of what happened the last couple issues. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll give it a page. In and out. Done.
1: Which brings me back to my present situation. A situation which I failed to completely comprehend. He has to force his poor, now twisted mind of his to understand.
0: And he's trying to figure out... Yeah, because he's trying to figure out also, why does he know where he's going in these caves when he's never been there? Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun! And that has a weird and, explanation here in a few pages. And But first, we get to the final appearance of the matriarch
1: oh yeah i totally thought she died and she didn't die
0: but she does here yeah apparently yeah i wasn't sure what you know when you read that last issue just knew it was a trap door she found but the magus is mean he's just like so is there a torture chamber or a pit or something it's like she just found a bunch of rocks i'm sure she'll be dead eventually i mean that's just harsh You know, it's not a it's not a I mean, it might not be a quick death. You could she is laying there for a while dying.
1: Warlock comes on literally in her last moments of life and it looks like they're about to kiss, but there's also the skull behind them and there's the word die. So I think that's the exact moment when she passes. And so I don't know if they actually do kiss because her head probably falls back dead.
0: I kind of always had hoped... Every time I read this, I always hoped that he would take her... Use the soul gem on her. Bring her into soul. soul? Yeah.
1: I don't... As tender as he's feeling toward her, which, A, is weird because she's been his antagonist this entire time. But, B, um, I don't know that... Because I think the soul gem to him is like... Uh act of malice It's an act of destruction.
0: Oh, I know, but I know he's used it at least once or twice to like get because he needed the information. So I, I figured, I figured that that would be a reason for that because you know she might know something he, that can that can help him. He's desperate at this point. I mean, he has two and a half hours left before the in betweeners showing up. Yeah, but also that, but also knowing what happens future wise, we'd have her in Soul World. And so, I mean, we said I said before she's she's a fascinating character. She's fun. Like, I wouldn't mind having her have been around still. You know, at least in the soul world capacity. That's all. Nothing huge. It's not like it's the most important thing. But I'm like, every time I read this, I'm like, too bad you don't use a soul gem on her. (laughs) But it is a good death scene.
1: It is a good death scene. The only thing I don't understand is why. He's trying to find his destiny. It's It's his nature to question but never to answer. I think it's a good explanation of Adam Warlock. He he doesn't have all the answers, but he's always there for like these really huge important things.
0: It makes sense, you know. He's there for the question. He's there searching, trying to figure out what's going, you know, what, why these things. Unfortunately, it's not so much he does it; he's destined to ever find the answers. Just that the answers always suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which kind of his life, isn't it? I mean think about it. you're a little kid and you're like i gotta do school and i gotta do this thing i do this is gonna be so awesome When i'm going up and i have to do what i don't want to do and it's like oh no you are so much more stuck with doing what you don't want to do as an adult than when you are as a kid
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's the uh <laughs> the tragedy of growing up is that you actually get less freedom <laughs>
0: I mean, you technically have less, like you know, you don't have your parents directly saying go to your go to brush your teeth and go to bed or else. Mm -hmm. But there are so many more things that you're almost making your you know that with life. It's like I have to go to bed because I have no choice. Damn it, I have to go to bed because I have work tomorrow. Because I like living in my house, (laughs) and I don't want to be homeless, so I need to have keep my job. But yeah, but that's when uh, speaking
1: of answers that always suck. That's when Thanos shows up. Yes. And his he lectures philosophy of life. Yeah, he lectures warlock about how life is pain, and you know it's it's cruel. There's there's mystery and pain, and no answers. Everything you ever want to do that's good or fun or pleasurable has a price, and the price is pain. And that's when Captain War- uh, Marvel comes in and says, "Da da 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 da, who's Thanos?"
0: <laughs> well, he's right though. Life is pain. Anyone who tells you otherwise is selling something. Yeah. What is that from? Princess Bride. Yes. When they're on the cliff, when he when they're on the hill, right before she shoves him down, when just before she finds out who he is, when he's still in his uh, dread pirate Roberts guise. Right. And I'm probably putting that clip in around here if I can find if I can find it on YouTube. You mock my pain. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something.
1: So... uh, Marvel shows up to tell us because he's like, "Hey, I, I, I know Thanos." See, yes, Captain Marvel's own mag number twenty-five through
0: thirty-three, or all the or all the episodes here where we cover those issues. Ah, what? yes, this is chapter two. Who is Thanos? I love this though. So it's, you know, like he just shows up from another book. He's like, "Hi,"
1: and yeah, because at this point, Thanos really is a Captain Marvel character who has come into another book. So we get the explanation of how he's from Titan. We get the non-explanation of the fact that he is the son of Mentor and he's the brother of Eros and they're all normal human looking dudes, and Thanos is a purple monster.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's don't worry about that, don't worry about that, don't worry about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um he takes over the planet, he makes an intergalactic army, he makes a deal with Death herself, he who's standing there in the background in her little hood. And he takes the Cosmic Cube to control everything through the universe.
0: Yep. And then we have that cool image of him fighting the Avengers when he's all basically made of stars. Mm-hmm. And then Cap, old Captain Marvel smash the cube. And then we kind of get a bit of an idea what happened to Thanos after Captain Marvel 33.
1: Right. Because Captain Marvel 33 has a really trippy, non-explained ending. And what happens is... Um The cube was shattered and Thanos was appeared to die. His deity form shrank back down to normal mortal form at the center of the space, which means the center of the universe is floating in space.
0: Which I guess means Thanos
1: doesn't have to breathe.
0: Yeah. Or enough, or at least doesn't need to can hold his breath for a while. (gasps) (laughs) But yeah, we really don't get an explanation for that until I think it was 2014, the Thanos Annual Number One
1: Explains how you got from there to here.
0: Yeah, that basically t- that basically shows what happened right after Captain Marvel thirty three. Actually, me and Brian did that. I think it was like episode 12, 13, or fourteen on the show. Oh, I did that annual. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we did that because it jumps back to like right after Captain Marvel thirty three, and you know the basically the Blood Brothers pick him up.
1: Oh yeah, the Blood Brothers.
0: And then. He gets involved with a little thing with Mephisto and uh, Infinity Gauntlet Thanos. There's some time travel stuff.
1: Oh, of course there is.
0: <laughs> kind, of, kind of like the uh, current Thanos series.
1: So that takes us back into the main narrative where at chapter three, enter the redemption principle.
0: Yeah. After Captain Marvel says, bye-bye.
1: <laughs> he like says some There's Captain Marvel thing. benefits and stuff. Relax. Enjoy the rest of the book. You now possess secret knowledge understanding is yours may your star be at peace captain
0: planet exactly <laughs> but yes no by the way anyone i wonder like before the digital age before recently like 20 30 years ago anyone who's trying to collect all captain marvel and saw he was in warlock 10 think they would have been annoyed that this is the was like like you know they spent the money to buy this issue just for that that this was the amount of his appearance
1: maybe um, <laughs> That's I don't know it? how much appearance lists really got published back then though I mean your big characters had oh. indexes of their appearances like Spider-Man and such but
0: no, oh, you found out from other people talking you know, somebody said oh he's more Warlock 10
1: the Marvel graphic novel number one does that include a list of all of his appearances maybe I, I remember reading that somewhere I haven't actually read that graphic novel because I want to read all of Captain Marvel before I read that graphic novel but I thought it would be somewhere that there's a list of all of his appearances in it. I could be totally wrong.
0: I don't – I mean, I have read it, but also to be fair, I've never owned the actual issue. I read the – you know, Mar, on the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited version. So I don't remember – so even if I didn't see it there, it doesn't mean it wasn't in the original issue. Okay. But yes, so Chapter 3, Enter the Redemption Principle. Thanos? Po- I love this image of Thanos pontificating. He's like giving a political speech. He does that well. I mean, he, that's what he looks like. He looks like he's on. He looks like he's on the. You know, he looks like he's at the podium giving his rallying You know, uh, he's like a rally going on. He's giving a speech.
1: Got a finger in the <laughs> and, air. He's like gesticulating as he's talking.
0: Yeah. And um, they've all teleported onto his ship's sanctuary. So this is the first appearance, I believe. I'm, I don't remember if Sanctuary appeared in the Captain Marvel books, so I think this might be the first appearance of that ship.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had vessels that he flew around in in that, but I don't think there was ever, like, any sort of specialness to them.
0: Because at least, I mean, he hasn't always had them, but Sanctu- like, besides the chair, you know, the floating Metron-like chair, mm-hmm. Sanctuary and Sanctuary 2 with that kind of almost TIE Fighter look to it.
1: Well, he, he, uh, that- he explains what happened after they left him in the battle. He says that it takes concentration to teleport more than one person, so he just fought for them to have his back, or he, he had their back while they were getting away, that he could escape and catch up later through teleportation.
0: Yeah. But yeah, they're, so, so they're on Sanctuary, and the first thing he does is make sure Pip doesn't screw things up.
1: And Pip is at first disappointed, but then he finds a cigar.
0: Yeah. I do love in all these panels. As Adam and Thanos are talking, In most of them you can see Pip in the background, running around, looking at stuff, until finally he gets a cigar.
1: I want that to be the same machine that produced um, Spider-Man's alien costume.
0: It's a symbiote cigar?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, you think it's a cigar, but it's actually not. It's something else. Hello. Um, Good night, everybody. Thanos has made a time machine. Yes. Which, we're getting into parts of the story that I really don't remember as clearly, and I didn't remember this. Um, Thanos made a time machine. And this is where we get the explanation of Warlock understanding those tunnels. He was tapping into his future knowledge that the Magus possesses. <laughs>
0: That's my explanation. (laughs) Well, okay, here's... Actually, here's my no prize attempt. Let me try. Because the Magus and Adam Warlock are the same person. Just, obviously, different points of their timeline. So the Magus has readjusted Adam Warlock's brain to be more like his. With the whole going through madness and everything, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Normally, obviously, you would still not expect to have that knowledge... But they both possess the soul gem, which does, which the soul gem, if, you know, unless the Magus has done something different in that time, which he has had time to do, to be fair, a big portion of their souls are in the soul gem. So is it possible for the soul gems to almost work like a Wi Fi thing together, like sharing? So okay. Warlock is sharing a bit. Now, it would we'll explain why the Magus doesn't really know so much, because the Magus, thinking like, looking at like Wi Fi, the Magus has like, you know five tetrabytes of data in there he doesn't have time to go through it, you know something new takes a while to be noticed because you know a little bit but warlock it's like 32 gigs in there already anything brand new is all of a sudden big news right okay that's my no that. prize attempt
1: that's actually kind of works um You were talking earlier how time travel is kind of a thing in Thanos' current series. He talks here, he seems to imply that he's already been doing some, because he finds out that Warlock is going to be his key to defeating the Magus, but he also needed another tool, and so he created Gamora, but he has to raise her, so... He goes to a planet that the Magus destroyed and goes back to before he destroyed it and saves the girl?
0: Well, actually, no. He goes into the future. Gets Gamora, you know, so Gamora is like sometime in the future Some years with the Magus. from now. Okay. Yeah. He gets Gamora and Gamora's a little girl, saves her, then brings her back in time to I don't know. Fifteen years before this issue, twenty years before this issue, depending on how old she is, and raises her from there, which I think is why he was he was hoping that Gamora would be able to assassinate might be able to assassinate the Magus and not be noticed because of the time thing, because she's from the future and then brought to the past. So Magus should not know about her yet. Exactly, she should be all kind of. If he's using cosmic senses, she should be all kinds of shielded. That's like using Back to the Future, going to the future, getting Marty McFly's kid. And then having him, and then having him live in 1955.
2: Whoa, this is heavy.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So Gamora is from the future, not far in the future, but from the future.
0: Now, it wasn't here, but I seem to remember in my head somewhere it's saying 20 years in the future at some point. Maybe Starlin wrote that somewhere else, which would kind of imply that she's from like the 90s.
1: <laughs> well, except with the sliding timelines. So.
0: Well, but I mean, at this point.
1: When yeah. It came out. But so if we if we slide the timeline up to the present day, this story is what 5 years in the past, maybe 10 years in the past, 5 to 10 years in the past. Yeah. Um so Gamora is still from the future.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like there's no way we've gotten to her future yet.
0: And then she's yeah, and then she's brought back to like just before 2000 or something, 95, 97 and, and raised, raised from that point on to be the most dangerous woman in the galaxy. Yeah. He, te- he saves her, which we see a bit. Of, I think we see that scene in the, um, infinity war movie, which scene him saving her.
1: Oh, you think they're going to give us Gamora's origin in infinity war.
0: You see a little tiny green hand grabbing Thanos's <gasps> finger.
1: Oh, that's what that
0: was. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. But I'm just saying, that's what it makes me think of.
1: I like that. I really want to see that
0: now. And then because we see him walking, and it looks like a little person next to him, like a little girl, like a little child.
1: Okay. I'm down. Another reason why she's his favorite daughter.
0: Yeah. And Nebula's like, (laughs) Hey, at least he likes Nebula in the movies more than he does in the comics.
1: I don't know. She In the second Guardians movie, she goes into some detail about just how much Thanos has tortured her over the years.
0: Yeah, but remember, in the comics, he doesn't give a crap. At all. Because she's not even his daughter. She's his supposed granddaughter.
2: Hmm.
0: He's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. The most, he cares, the most interest he has in her is when he has her walking around as a zombie in Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, it's a sliding time scale, but in comparison... Thanos in the movie to Nebula is daddy of the year <laughs> in comparison to how he treats her in the comics.
1: <laughs> well, that brings yes, us to, um,
0: we, so we, yeah, we have Therm Gamora's origin and then he even lets her run around killing a bunch, which I guess is what gets her the reputation. She kills a whole bunch of those black knights that would eventually kill her fam- her planet. Mm-hmm. So she gets, she gets uh, preemptive revenge.
1: That's pretty cool. Which, oh, so that's another reason why she's going to be time-blind, because she has actually prevented her future from happening.
0: Or at least changed it. Even if it right. would still happen, it would be different people.
1: Well, theoretically, yeah, he's everything all, here is changing her future, because the Magus doesn't exist anymore.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, up until this point, yeah, for the, for the purpose of blinding her from the Magus's sight.
1: Okay, so speaking of uh, Magus, we get to him and his yes. silver afro of power.
0: Mm-hmm. We get all that nice green crackly energy flying out of it.
1: He finds out that Thanos is here, and that Thanos has a time probe.
0: Well, I like how he finds out. He almost uses his own version of a time probe. He finds an in-betweener, he basically searches up the, uses his like time vision or something to see where the in-betweener will be. And he goes, oh, that's where they are. Because the in-betweener, he knows, well, in two hours, the in-betweener is going to be where Warlock is. Let's see where the in-betweener is in two hours. okay that's where Warlock is that's where I must go which I guess implies how powerful the Magus is that that he doesn't need the machinery of a time probe time viewer time machine he can do it on his own
1: yeah just reading this this dialogue again or monologue rather I believe it's best I locate Warlock and Thanos to avoid any future trouble to do this I need only plot the in-betweeners new course and follow it along until I find Thanos' space arc. That's peculiar. All of Thanos' defense screens are down as if Thanos were inviting me to send forth a spy beam. And okay, so yeah, he somehow is able to find the in-between or wherever he is in the in-between universe and plot his course. Where is he headed? Oh, he's headed over there.
0: Okay, that's where I need to go. So Magus would be, is at least as powerful, if not more powerful than Thanos. At this moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he can definitely do say. some stuff. He opens a portal and has all of his guys following him on the bridge to Thanos. They're like they're going through the Ditko dimension, it looks like.
0: I was going to say, that we're taking the Ditko shortcut.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to Thanos' ship, and he's like, you can kill them all
0: except the infidel warlock. He is mine.
1: And we haven't Meanwhile, mentioned yet what Thanos wants to do
0: to Adam Warlock. Well, yeah, he's busy singing the uh, theme song from MASH to Adam. <laughs> fog
2: I see visions of the things to be the pains that are withheld for me I realize and I can't see that suicide is painless it brings on many changes and I can take or leave If I please, the game of life is
1: hard. We just watched that last night. The movie.
0: I know. That's what what helped pop it in my
2: head.
1: (laughs) It is not as good as I remembered it being. Um, Or at least we did not have as much fun as I remember having the first time. I shouldn't say the movie,
0: it's how we respond to it.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's a different beast.
0: This, this, it, even in the show.
1: Yeah. Uh, so what they want to do is have Adam Warlock kill himself, destroy his own soul. Uh, because yeah. his soul is what's going to get twisted and perverted and become the Magus. And Adam Warlock's like, okay. And they're going to have to use yeah, the time travel somehow to do that.
0: Yeah, because Adam even says, I begin to follow your train of thought. It's not my future physical body that now menaces us. Well, technically it is, <laughs> but the vile entity, my soul is destined to become. So it's not even like, because I like, I can't just like, you know, have you shoot me. He's like, that's not good enough. He's like, it's not my body that I'm worried about. It's my soul. Like that still might be somehow be in between it. might still be able to do something with that.
1: Build a new body. I mean, it's got to turn purple somehow, right?
0: Yeah. So the question, so that's kind of a, cause it's one thing with these stories of like, you know, you're going to go evil. I mean, technically the easy answer is just shoot yourself in the head, just shoot that person in the head.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But here, Adam's like that. This might not work. We have to find a new way to deal with that.
1: There was something Which is else. Why here. he can't be killed? He has to actually kill himself. So there also might be a little bit of a twist here, or, or underlying understanding here that suicide is a, a mortal sin. It, it destroys your soul. It doesn't just kill yourself. So that might be underlying here. Even though Starlin, it's not strike me as a religious person, but just one of those cultural understandings. Yeah, that's true. And that takes us up to issue eleven.
0: Yes. Next, the conclusion of how strange my destiny, plus the bizarre death of Adam Warlock.
1: And he's already died, man. <laughs>
0: yes, we get the fir- we get the first of the two part of his the two issues of his death of this version of Warlock.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The one now, and the one in a few years. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, so he died once under the previous run. He's dying now. He's going to die again in the annuals.
0: Oh, well, technically, it's the same death, though. Because remember, the death here in 11 is going to be the death that we see in the annual.
1: That is not what I knew. But that's okay. Oh, sorry. That's right. I, just, I, I have no memory of that whatsoever, but we will, we will
0: discover it as we go. Yes. Oh, and also keep in mind then the annuals when Thanos very bluntly tells Warlock, I'm planning on fighting you, and you're easier to fight than the Magus, and I'm going to need your soul gem. That's used in the annuals. In the Avengers annual and Marvel one annual. Okay. That's very much what he's you doing there. I do kind of love how, matter of fact, Thanos is like, look, you're easier than the other guy to fight. So I want to save you so I can fight you later.
1: That makes so much sense, Dennis. Thank you.
0: Plus, uh, from reading ahead, just so just saying, the whole that whole panel about the mega saying, "Oh, it's weird how Thanos left his, left his defenses down." Hmm, maybe. What an accident. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey
1: through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer,
0: analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers,
1: we got villains with
0: attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good
1: jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack
0: pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. On. It's time again to cover the feedback we've received on the show. This feedback is regarding episode 81, on which we covered Warlock number 9. On Facebook, the post by that episode was liked and shared by Baruch Nahan, Joe Zedano, Pat Sampson, Jerry Green, Mike Peacock, Gene Hendricks, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, and Jesse Starcher. Baruch also messaged me on Facebook, and we had a bit of a chat about some stuff, including the Thanos vs. Avengers trade paperback. It was nice talking to him. Thanks for reaching out. On Twitter, it was liked and retweeted by Lost in Time, Ash Williams, Don piper Jeffrey Brown, Dan O, Grant Richter, Jason Snick Venable, Bennett Versho, Ariel Celestino, Rusty Shackelford, Rocolata Lumpia Dippa. Mark Renzniak, Sean, Stephanie Lopes, MCDC Podcast, Lauren Skinnis Art, Joe, Noel Deal, John Alexi Pinto, G.A. Sanchez, Doc Strange, Ryan Daly, Moose Bauman, Lombok's Review, John Without an H, and Blood and Black Rum. Also on Twitter, the post, we had a couple comments on there. Uh, Dan O. likes that cover a lot, which is a pretty awesome cover, I have to admit. And Joe was talking about the fact that he was going to see Starlin at Terrificon and had a couple of, a, uh, he had a Silver Surfer Epic Collection to be um, signed, as well as apparently Death in the Family from Batman. Because Starlin was, a, in case anyone forgot, Jim Starlin was the writer of that story that killed off the second Robin, Jason Todd. I also want to point out that I didn't realize until looking at it this time that Mark Resniak, I really hope I'm pronouncing his name right, is apparently the drummer for the band The Toadies, which is awesome because I am a huge fan of The Toadies. I haven't had a chance to see them in years. I think the last time I saw them was several years ago when I still lived up north and got to see them when they were playing at the Trocadero. Awesome show. Awesome band. In fact, I'm going to include in the show notes a link to one or two of their videos. So thanks, Mark. That's really friggin' awesome. All right, back to the feedback. On Tumblr, the episode was liked by Don't Forget to Wipe. (laughs) I love that name. And speaking of Tumblr, I'd like to thank a few more of the people on there who follow our blog. So thank you to Jim Dinobat, Hugo Flying, Solitaire Rose, Integrate FM, and 8train37. So if you want to be talked about on here, all you have to do is send us some feedback. On Facebook... Like our page. Just search for Adam Warlock or Thanos. You'll find us. On Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. And of course, you can always send an email because I'd love to get some email. ResurrectionsPodcast at Yahoo.com or just go on iTunes and leave a review. Preferably something along the lines of five stars because that'd be really cool to get another one. And of course, if you want to hear more from me, go check out my other show, Pop Culture Palace Presents. Our most recent episode, which is episode 16, we have Mike from Comics in the Golden Age and the Kirby cast guest starring, as we talk about some of our favorite new gods as created by Jack Kirby. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is radio on demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. We must be getting near the end of the episode because it is time for the Friends and Enemies segment. Now, in case you have forgotten, or this is the first episode you're listening to for some reason, in the Friends and Enemies segment, we talk about the other series that we have covered on this show, and we see what they're up to this month. And when I say this month, I mean the month of whatever issue we're covering, which in this case was July 1975. So, first off, we have The Avengers number 142, Go West, Young Gods, by Steve Englehart, George Perez, and Vince Coletta. Hawkeye is lost in 1873. To his rescue come Thor, Moondragon, and Amortis. They all encounter Western heroes from the timely Atlas era of Marvel. Meanwhile, in the modern day, captive Avengers attempt escape from the Squadron Supreme. And to hear more about this, go listen to Avengers Spotlight number 39. You can find that on the Back to the Bins feed. And there will be a link directly to it on the show notes. Daredevil number 128, Death Stalks the Stairway to the Stars, by Marv Wolfman, Bob Brown, and Klaus Jansen. Deathstalker tries to zap Daredevil with a special gun he has made from stolen mirrors, but Daredevil gets an unexpected hand from a strange spaceman who is walking to the stars. Fantastic Four number 165, The Light of Other Worlds. By Roy Thomas, George Perez, and Joe Sinnott. When the rampaging crusader attacks one bank after another in his, in his quest for vengeance, the Fantastic Four must find a way to overcome his seemingly unstoppable powers. And as usual, if you want to hear more about this issue of the Fantastic Four, go listen to the Fantasticast Cast, episode 216. Again, links in the show notes. The Incredible Hulk, number 194, The Day of the Locust, by Len Wein. Sal Buscema, and Joe Staton. Hulk helps a girl and her boyfriend flee from her supervillain father, and this story is continued from Iron Man Annual 3. Iron Fist Number 2, Valley of the Damned, by Chris Claremont, John Byrne, and Al McWilliams. As Iron Fist sits at the side of Professor Wing, he remembers another time he felt like a failure, back before his test to become the immortal Iron Fist. Iron Man Number 81, War of the Mind Dragons, by Mike Friedrich, Chick Stone, and Vince Coletta. It's the final showdown between Iron Man and Firebrand to decide the fate of the Black Lama's kingdom. Can Shellhead defeat one more supervillain and bring the Black Lama saga to a close? Marvel premiere number 27, Death Song, featuring Satana, by Chris Claremont and The Tribe. First full-color solo story featuring Satana. While traveling through California, Satana encounters a young woman who's being chased by a mob claiming she's a witch. However, Satana gets more than she bargained for after she has the woman freed. Also included is a backup reprint story of Satana's first appearance from Vampire Tales number 2. The art in this issue, both the pencils and inks, is by The Tribe, which was a group of Filipino artists that included Tony Dizaniga and Ernie Chan, among others. This is definitely one issue I have. I enjoy Satana. It's not the greatest of issues, and but she's a fun, twisted evil character, basically, and I like the few 70s stories I have featuring her, and I would really love for Marvel to bring like a Netflix series out featuring some of their supernatural characters. I don't know, maybe like a Son of Satan story or something. And have her in it as well. Because that would be awesome. Finally, we have Thor, number 242, When the Servitor Commands, by Len Wein, John Busima, and Joe Sinnott. Thor, Odin, and Jane leave the Pyramid, and Thor uses Mjolnir to send it elsewhere. With the Pyramid gone, Odin's full memory returns. Odin is furious that Thor is still of Jane Foster, and he is not welcoming Asgard until he has forsworn her forever. The Incredible Hulk and the Twins of Evil. In a mind-boggling attempt to destroy the Green Goliath, the Abomination and Wendigo join forces. Alone, I can fight you to a standstill. Together, we can render you helpless. Hulk only want to fight fair. The deadly duo leaves the Hulk defeated. But suddenly, it's the Hulk! Keep away. Hulk no like people. It's okay, Hulk. We'll help you. You got to have something to eat, Hulk. Here, have a Hostess fruit pie. Hostess fruit pie? You'll like that real fruit filling. And how about that like flaky crust? Hulk happy. Now Hulk thanks, boys. The green gargantua crashes off into the forest. I'm glad we had the Hostess fruit pies to share with the Hulk. He ate them all. Apple, lemon, and cherry. In a strange way, I
2: think he knows we're his friends. Now Hulk take care of unfinished business. You You get get a a big big delight delight in in every every bite of Hostess Hostess fruit Fruit pies.
0: Well, that's it, and we will be back next time, then. We'll be finishing off the strange death of Adam Warlock, and the Mega Story, and all that funness. And John's going to be back here, too, because I tricked him.
1: Well, you know... It's orange skin guy time, so yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, make that made me. sense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but before we start saying more bizarre things, we'll be back next time.
2: What a beautiful summer day. Bob, it's Wednesday, hump day. There's so much to do. A new exhibit at the gallery. Let's go to the park and have a picnic. I got a better idea. Let's head over to the bar and catch a show and stir up some trouble.
0: No, Barbara, we can't do that. It's Wednesday.
2: Wednesday. Oh, no. That means...
0: New comic book day. It's time for the gal to walk into a comic shop.
2: My Wednesdays might be shot, but that just means that come Tuesday... You guys get to listen to a new episode of A Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop, a comic book podcast where each week I do something I never thought I'd do, read comic books.
0: It's about sharing passion.
2: Introducing new readers to the world of comics.
0: Playing crazy quizzes. Singing
2: songs. And
1: giving reviews and commentary on the latest releases.
2: Join us every Tuesday on A Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop. Search for us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your pods. You know you want to.
0: How can they resist?
2: I wish I could have. Don't
0: forget to check out John's other show.
1: Oh, yes. Make Ours Marvel is is all the rage over at makeoursmarvel.com, where every week, every Friday, Michael Kaiser and I are going through an hour of old-school Marvel goodness, talking about as many comics as we can in an hour, and... Um, I have no idea what date this is gonna come out, so I, I I could tell you like what we're gonna be talking about next Friday, but release dates. It's really Marvel. A, a tricky thing to produce. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go check that out. And drop us a follow at Twitter, Makers Marvel, and there's a Facebook page. You can like us over there. You just come say hi. Go do it. And you can follow me on Twitter at John Reads Comics. There's no H in John. Yes. And there's no H in Reed's Comics.
0: That too. All right, you know, you got, your, you got your assignment until the next episode. Go do it. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. Just in case when you're listening to this episode, if you're in the wrong state of mind and you're hearing the part with the theme song from MASH, please, before you do anything, call 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. Please do that first before you do anything. I'd like to have you around still. Thank you.